Hey everyone, welcome to the Pressure Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Coronado. On this episode of the Pressure Pass, I have the privilege of interviewing Jaden Mueller. Jaden is a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Tom DeBlas, training out of Ocean County BJJ in New Jersey. Jaden competes at the highest level in the sport and is currently ranked one of the top 10 female competitors in the 145-pound division. In this episode, we discuss Jaden's background in various martial arts and her eventual move to New Jersey. She details her competition past and upcoming events. She also shares one of her most embarrassing moments and arguably the funniest story told on the podcast today. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, how you doing, Jaden? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And thanks for taking the time to join me today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So the way I usually like to kick it off is tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? What was your upbringing like? And ultimately, what led you to jujitsu? Um, so I grew up in Denver, Colorado. Um, I was born there. And I live in New Jersey now. I moved here about two years ago. Um, and I started martial arts from a really young age. I started martial arts when I was uh, four. And I started in Taekwondo. And then I eventually went into Kempo Karate. Um, and then after that, my coach there was really big into like MMA and stuff like that. So that's when I started getting more into like jujitsu. And um, I did striking for a long time. And I did a little judo. Um, in high school, I was one second at, um, at state for wrestling. Um and then I eventually moved to New Jersey to follow my jiu-jitsu dreams um, to train under Tom DeBlas. Nice. So so why did you choose Jersey specifically? Um, you know, I've been a fan of Tom for a really long time. I've really always just admired his half guard um, and just how strategic he was. I thought his social media presence was really awesome. Um, I just really liked how he put himself out there. Um, I just think he was a really good fit for me as a coach. Um, just before I even worked with him, I could just tell we were going to really hit it off. And so I came out to train right after quarantine was over, um, in July of 2020. And I came out and things went really well. I trained for a week with Tom and the team and I really loved it. And, um, you know, the atmosphere was amazing and it was unlike anything I've ever felt before. And, after that one trip, I knew that that's where I belonged. And so I moved out here a month later and I've been here ever since. Did, did you move out there by yourself? Uh, no, me and Cameron Malott, who's the number okay. strength grappler at 135 pounds. We moved out here together and uh, it's been great. So what was that experience like moving from Denver to Jersey at like such a young age? It was definitely intimidating. You know, I was only 19 and Cam was 20. Um, and it, or I'm sorry, Cam was 18 and I was 19. Um, and you know, we were pretty fresh out of high school. It was, you know, it was a scary experience. You know, we didn't know anybody out here and it's kind of crazy. Me and Cam, we were, you know, we were in the same circle for a long time and we've known each other for a long time, but we were never really friends. And then about a month before we decided to come out here, um, we went to an open mat together and then we had lunch the next day and we'd been, super close ever since. Um, That's awesome. I jokingly at lunch was kind of like, yeah, come out with me. Like come, come to New Jersey with me. And I didn't think he was going to take it seriously. And he was like, okay, cool. And then <laughs> he booked a flight the next day. <laughs> oh, wow. 
That's awesome. So what, what was your, you talked about wrestling in high school a little bit. Yeah. What was that like? Cause you said you won state championship or. Uh, I won second at the States. Yeah. Okay. So what was, what was that experience like wrestling and how did you balance like the two at the time, like outside of wrestling doing jujitsu and cause you were competing at that age too, right? At a young age. Yeah. I've been competing in martial arts for years. So, um, I've been competing ever since I was four, I believe, or five. So, wow. yeah, it's been crazy. Um, you know, the wrestling wrestling was very different than, you know, karate competitions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but I think the biggest difference between, like, wrestling competitions and, like, karate competitions and stuff like that is that it's, like, so spread out. And so it's, like, you'll have your first match at 9 a.m. and then you'll have your second match at, you know, 1 p.m. and so it's very similar to kind of how like the ADCC trials work and stuff like that. So I think it was really beneficial for me to do that um, in high school, even though I only did it my senior year. Um, it was really beneficial because it kind of helped me understand how to pace myself for something like the trials now. Uh, okay. Did you then did you naturally gravitate towards wrestling because of your martial arts background? Yeah, I um, you know, at that point, I had been doing martial arts for so long. Um, and I was already doing jujitsu a lot. Uh, I was competing on a lot of fight twins at that time and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And, uh, I remember I had just come off a loss, um, for the fight to win title. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start wrestling. You know, it's my last year in high school. I might as well just see how it goes. It was the first year where there was really like a women's team and it was, you know, starting to get bigger in Denver. Um, and so, I decided to just do it just to see how it would go. And I went undefeated all season until the States. Nice. So. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. What, when was your first like big jujitsu competition, like a fight to win or, or something like that? Um, I did my first fight to win when I was 14. I was on fight to win pro four, I believe is which one it was. Um, and then I just kept doing those for, for years and years. I think I've done like 17 or 18 fight to win. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had three title fights. Um, I won my last one. I was the previous fight to win purple belt champion. Um, and I think I'm probably going to have a fight to win match um, in a couple weeks on the New Jersey card as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm excited for that. Um, what What was it like for you competing at such a young age? And what do you think it taught you at, at like being so young? Um, You know, I think it taught me a lot of really good things. It, one of the most beneficial things it taught me was how to lose and not you know, be super upset about it. Obviously you never want to lose. So anytime I do lose, I'm still upset, but um, I also know how to turn it around and use that more towards my advantage than as a weakness and let it break me. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest thing. And, you know, I've, I've done well in every competition, but you know, there's, there's peaks and valleys and mm-hmm. um, I've been able to, been able to kind of see, um, see what it's like to be at the top and see what it's like to, you know, be at the bottom and have to work your way back up again. So I think that was probably the most beneficial thing. Okay. And then going back to moving to Jersey. So I, I remember you posted something a while back about the difference you'd noticed in your training after being with Tom DeBlas for like a year. Mm-hmm. What, what specifically was it? Like, what did you really notice in that first year training with them that just kind of like shifted either your mindset, your, your training style, 
Like what was it that changed so much? Uh, Training with Tom, I think the biggest thing was just having guidance and finally having somebody to tell me exactly what to do and when to do it. Uh, For so long, I was kind of just doing my own training schedule and I was I wasn't training the proper way. And that's something I think a lot of people don't understand is that they're, you know, you can train as much as you want and you can train as, you know, as hard as you want. But if you're not training the proper way, then you're not going to progress as fast. Um, And so that's one of the biggest things about Tom is he knows exactly how to get me to where I want to be. And he knows how to push me enough until I'm, you know, until I'm at a, you know, not even a breaking point, let's say, but just until I'm, you know, he can see that I'm struggling and then he knows when to pull back and he knows when to push me, um, which is something that's so rare in a coach. And I think that that's something that makes Tom so special. Um, and also his fundamentals are just insane. And he understands jujitsu in a way that most people don't. Um, and so he was able to look at me and say, okay, like she has, you know, when I came to him, he would, he would tell you the only good thing about my game at that point was my close guard. I had a decent close guard and that was it. Um, I had no half guard when I came to Tom. And I remember the first day I ever trained, um, at OCBJJ, Tom was like, let's train. And I got on the mat and I was already so intimidated because I was like, oh my gosh, it's Tom. Like, and, uh, you know, he put me to my half guard almost immediately and I froze. <laughs> uh, he describes it as like, I almost like I was basically going to have a stroke. Like he thought I was, <laughs> I was just freaking out and I had no, no idea what to do from the half guard. Um, and so that's one thing we immediately started working on was, you know, just understanding the half guard and how to, you know, how to manage my partner's weight and when to get under hooks and when to, um, you know, just all those, all that good stuff about, the half guard, um, we immediately started, started working on. Um, and now it's gone from literally a spot where I knew absolutely nothing about to my, one of my strongest positions. It's been really, really incredible working with Tom and, you know, he, he's just the best. I couldn't ask for a better coach. So, so outside of him, what was your first impression of like the training atmosphere and just like the atmosphere in general, walking into the gym. Um, the atmosphere was definitely like something I had not experienced before. Um, it kind of, you know, it was a jitsu gym, but it had like the way they trained. It was like an MMA gym kind of mentality. Like it was very gritty and very, uh, very go, go, go. And that's a lot of things that I feel like jujitsu gyms in general don't really have is that like grit. Um, So I immediately knew I was going to like it just because I do really like that type of training. My first class, I remember being like so nervous because everybody got like Tom would line us all up and he would give us like a speech before class at this point. And uh, I remember like the first day he was like, said something crazy, like you have to grab your opponent's heart and then pull it out of their chest and then eat it. And like, I was like, Oh my God, like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> uh, but you know, I really liked it at the same time. Like I was like, this is crazy, but like it, it pumps me up, you know, like I'm excited to be here. Mm-hmm. And everybody there gave me so much work and like, they just felt like on a completely different level than people that i normally did train with. Um, and their, their fundamentals were 
amazing. And I was like, this is definitely where I need to be. Where, where were you at in terms of what did you get there as a blue belt or purple? Um, I was a purple belt. So when you got there as a purple belt, where did you kind of like rack and stack against similar opponents, like your size and age? Um, there were a couple of girls actually that were, there was one girl that, um, was my size and my rank. So I was like, Oh, this will be perfect to see like how I compare. And she arm barred me like 12 times and I couldn't, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> um, and then like everybody else, they just felt like, you know, like a, a Denver blue belt was almost like a, or a Denver brown belt was almost like a Jersey blue belt at that point or something. And it was just like, everybody just had such good technique and they were so strong, but they knew how to use, like when to use their technique versus their strength. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I thought was really, really cool. Um, but it's crazy because the environment there, it's so like, you know, everybody knows how to grind and go hard, but it's also like such a family atmosphere. Like everybody there, like, we're just so close and we're, you know, we're best friends, but we also go in and kill each other every day. And I think that's something that's really special. Yeah. That's awesome. And I could see that too, like in the pictures that you guys post, like when you guys were just out at Nogi Pans for for your team, just out there supporting them. So that's that, I think that's super important in a gym. Do you feel like you had to turn up your intensity or your aggressiveness going there? Um, a little bit. I did. I did MMA for a while. So there was a point in my game where I was very, very aggressive and um, that type of thing. But then once I stopped doing MMA and just started doing just jujitsu, I definitely felt my aggression kind of go away because that wasn't really the environment at my gym. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a little bit more like, let's just relax and let's just, you know, let's train. And, you know, it was, it was a great, great school. And I love everybody there still. Um, but it definitely, I definitely saw a shift once I got here of my aggression turned up, my ability to push the pace turned up, um, and my ability to definitely know when to use strength versus technique has evened out a lot more too. So that's been nice. So what, what's your training schedule typically like, like in a normal week? Um, so basically I lift, normally I lift like four days a week and I train, um, five days a week. Uh, so I do, or yeah, so I lift normally Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and then I train Sunday through Thursday. And during the week, you know, we, we push each other pretty hard. It's, it's definitely not a walk in the park. Uh, and so I normally lift during the day. Um, so I wake up, I lift, I come home, I eat, and then I go back to the gym. I'll teach the kids classes, um, every night. And then I'll teach, you know, one one adult class a few times a week. And then, uh, you know, I do my, I do my training at five 30 in the Nogi class. And I normally will leave depending on the night, I'll leave the gym between seven 30 or, you know, nine 30, like Monday night, I didn't leave the gym until 10. Um, and I got there at three 30. So it's, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's a super long night, but, uh, you know, I'm always happy to be there and I love it. So that's awesome. What, um, cause, cause you've also talked about your diet and really switching that up as well. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. What, what major changes have you made as far as your diet goes? Um, you know, one of the best things that could have happened was I started getting sponsored by eat clean bro a couple months ago, and that has been super beneficial. They're a great meal prep company on the East coast. Um, and 
I absolutely love their food and I can get, you know, pre-made meals for, you know, that are ready in two or three minutes in the microwave and, you know, it's all healthy food, you know, chicken and rice and veggies. And, um, but they also keep it interesting They're They find ways to make new and exciting flavors of foods and stuff like that. So that's been, that's been amazing. Um, because my big issue was always just the convenience, you know, like I would hate getting those nights when I wouldn't get home until 10. Um, and then I'd be like, Oh, now I have to cook like a meal. And it was super inconvenient. Um, and so that's been one of the big things. And then my strength coach, George, he also has laid out, you know, all my macros for the days and stuff like that. So I have my high training macros versus my, um, my lighter or off day macros that I kind of switch in between. Um, and I order my meals from eat clean bro kind of based off of those. And so that's been, that's been great. It's made weight cuts super smooth. Um, and he's just, he's been super helpful with that as well. So those are the biggest things. Nice. Are are you doing a mix of gi and no gi right now? Right now I'm all no gi. All no gi? Yeah. I teach the kids classes in the gi and I teach one, um, adult gi class a week. Mm -hmm. Um, but I only train no gi right now. Has, has teaching helped you in any way or has it kind of shaped maybe how you train at all? Oh, it's definitely helped. Um, the thing I love the most about teaching, um, at least with the adults, cause the kids don't, you know, the kids don't ask as many questions, but I love when I teach the adults and they ask me questions about like, but what if they grab my arm here? Um, because sometimes they ask me things that I don't even really think about. And I know to, you know, sometimes they'll ask me like, why do, why don't I do this? And I know I don't do that, but I never really thought about the whys behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I start thinking about the whys and they, they make me dig a little deeper, um, it makes everything connect a lot more. And I really enjoy that aspect of teaching because it just makes like concepts a lot easier for me to understand yeah. and it makes it easier for me to apply things. Uh, okay. So what, like, what's a tri- typical training session like at, at Tom's gym? Like what's um, the class structure like? So normally we start off with some hand fighting and stuff like that. Our warmups are generally like hand fighting, takedowns, um, and then like sequences from there. So like we'll do hand fighting into a single leg. Um, the partner that got taken down will roll to their knees. Person on top will chase the back. Um, stuff like that. Guard passes. Um and then we'll normally jump into some technique and stuff like that. Um, Tom will, you know, teach a few things and we drill for a little bit. And then we like to do a lot of positional training. So we'll do, you know, guard passes. We'll do a lot of drills where basically like sometimes we'll do guard passing drills, except the person on bottom isn't allowed to reverse. The person on bottom can only retain their guard. Okay. Um, and so we do a lot of stuff like that where just we make modifications to the rule sets a lot of the times we do this thing where we, that we like to, uh, but it's basically, we do this drill where we uh, all get in a circle and we get two people that go in the middle and they, they roll like it's a competition, you know, they roll to win and everybody else on the outside screams, they coach, um, you can boo, you can say whatever you want. um, And it kind of just basically copies competition for us and it's okay. a way to really um get comfortable under pressure mm-hmm. under like you know under that mindset so that's been one of the big things that we've been doing a lot um over the last like year and it's really been helpful I think I think everybody you know 
people don't like it because it makes you uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. But it's like a really beneficial drill that we do. Um, and then it's a lot of live training. So um, the classes are a good mix. Sometimes, you know, things are a little bit lighter. Sometimes things are a little bit harder. Um, it just kind of depends on how Tom feels of if we need a push or if we need to kind of pull back for the day. Yeah, that like the training that you're talking about, we do that at our gym sometimes during our competition class, like at the end of class, we'll, like you said, kind of get in a circle and like people will be either coaching or calling out points and it just kind of makes you more aware one of like the rule sets and kind of what you need to do either to uh, surpass your opponent in points or submit them, whatever. Um, But yeah, the level of, I guess, pressure, because it's kind of weird. Like it seems like you almost want to perform better in the gym sometimes. Like there's more pressure when you're in that environment because all your teammates are around you, you know, and you don't want to be the the weak weak, you know, like, I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, Oh my God, if I get submitted in two minutes, how is that going to look like? (laughs) But it's good. And and I don't know, it, it, it does. It, it just makes us all better. And it's like a really good way for us to like end the class. Cause you're already kind of smoked and now you're like going into like these live, like competition rounds, you know? Absolutely. So that, that's awesome. So do you guys typically work like, a sequence throughout the entire week? Um, sometimes, sometimes we'll play off of concepts. Um, and so sometimes we'll work like guard passing from certain positions. Like this week we've been really working on like guard passing with people from flexible guards. So even if we're not working a specific sequence, we're still focusing on a specific topic. Um, but sometimes we do jump around kind of just, you know, it kind of just depends. We kind of just flow with things and what we feel like we need at the time. Are you, t- are you typically teaching the same thing that you're learning in Tom's class in your adult class? Um, sometimes the adult classes do have a little bit more of a structure based on like the topic of the week. Okay. Um, so if the topic of the week kind of matches up with what Tom does show, I normally will show that in my class especially because I do like to do that because it helps me understand it more and it will help me retain it more. Um, But if the topics don't really match up for the week, then I'll kind of teach my own thing. And um, yeah. That's cool. That's cool that you have that flexibility to kind of, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Teach what, what you want to, what was your first major competition under Tom? Um, My first major was the, actually it was the gi pans. Um, I told him, you know, after like a month of being there, I was like, Tom, I want to do the gi pans. And he's like, you want to do the gi pans? Like, okay. Like, cause I didn't really do gi. I did gi like once a week Mm -hmm. and I just told him that I wanted to do it. And he was like, you know what? I respect it. At least I respect that you want to go out there and at least try to do it. And, uh, so, you know, we did a camp in the gi for like a month before the competition and, um, you know, that competition was definitely a stressful one for me because it was like, oh my gosh, like everybody in Denver, you know, cause I know there's people that doubt me and that doubt my move and, um, stuff like that. And so it was like, wow, like this competition, like people are gonna, people are gonna kind of base my move and like my judgment off of how I perform. And, um, it was really stressful. And, you know, I, I also have never done an IBJJF before that either. Um, and really? so it's a lot of firsts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It was okay. a lot of firsts that kind of fell onto each other. So you were only doing fight to win like other local tournaments in Denver at this point? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Sorry. And, uh, oh, you're good. And, uh, you know, I didn't go in there and do 
do good. I got submitted my first round, but you know, I came back and I placed silver at the Nogi pans that same year, like a month and a half later. So, you know, I kind of proved to everybody after that, that it was, it was a good decision. And me now. So. <laughs> do you feel? Do you feel like it was really the doubt that kind of got in your head going into the gi pans that got you kind of worked up and um, maybe yeah. you didn't perform how you wanted to? Yeah, I think there was a few things that definitely contributed to it. Um, like I said, I think it was that, and I think it was also like my first IBJJF. I was like overwhelmed, you know, like there was just so many different things going on, and like. Um, I also wasn't very comfortable in that rule set yet. Cause I had at that point been doing fight to wins and really mm-hmm. only fight to wins for a couple of years. Cause I, I used to work for fight to win. And so mm-hmm. when I was traveling with them, I would do the cards, um, mm-hmm. so would just be like, Hey, you're competing next weekend. And that was kind of that. So that was really the only rule set I was doing for like a year and a half or two years. And so hopping into a new rule set was definitely intimidating and it was a purple belt. So, you know, there was some stuff that I still couldn't do yet and it was in the gi. Um, and I remember like immediately I wanted to go for a toe hold and I was like, Oh my God, I can't do that. And then it like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think there were a lot of factors that contributed to it, but I also, you know, I recognize that I can't let that stuff affect me and I, I can't let it affect my performance. And so not too long after that, I got a sports psychologist and stuff like that. And it, I've noticed oh, okay. a difference. Did, did you have a lot of doubters? Um, that were questioning your move? To, not, to Jersey? not publicly, but you know, I know there's always people that are like, Oh, let's see how this goes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, okay. So I just, uh, you know, I just mm-hmm. went for it. <laughs> Fuck the haters, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, what What did you really switch up in between gi pans and no gi pans, really? Or, or what did you really focus on as you prepared for your next competition? Um, I really focused a lot on the half guard. Leading up, I would say the month before the gi pans, I started for the first time working on my half guard. Um, so I wasn't super comfortable with it yet. But over like, you know, a course of three months or however long that gap was, I got much better at my half guard. So that made me feel a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just, you know, I got more comfortable with Tom. I got more comfortable working with Tom. Um, I listened. That was my big thing too. Is I listened to everything he says. Um, and that's when, that's how I've noticed the most growth was just by listening so I made a lot of progress in between those two and I got a lot more comfortable in that rule set. I really only trained that rule set and then I went in there and did a lot better. How do you typically like ramp up your training when you're preparing for a major competition like that? Um, so we will really train all the way up until the competition. Normally we train until like, you know, the, the day before we leave. Um, so we really don't slow down. Usually I would say like the two like I would say like the two week mark is kind of like our peak where we train super hard and then the week of we kind of slow things down a little bit um we still keep it pretty cardio heavy but we also don't want to get injured or anything like that so it's a lot of flow rolling it's a lot of stuff like that nothing too crazy but yeah I would say like that mark of like two or three weeks before the competition that's kind of like the peak where we really start to push everything Mm -hmm. um and then, you know, that week before we kind of just chill, but we still, you know, we keep at a steady pace. Nice. 
When, when did you find out that you were like one of the top ranked fighters? Um, so I found out after my match on Emerald city against Chrissy Briggs, I don't know why, but a week, like a week before that match, I got like this gut feeling. And I was like, I think if I win this, I'm going to get ranked. Like, I don't know why I remember though, I was driving home from the gym and I just had like this feeling and I was like, (laughs) I guess. And, uh, you know, I won that match in a pretty dominant fashion. I held her Mm -hmm. back for a really long time. Um, and it was a really, it was a really fun match. And I, uh, I really enjoy that rule set too. And I remember afterwards, like I won my match and, um, I went to hang out with, you know, some of my teammates afterwards and we were just downstairs in the hotel lobby. And I remember I got a text from Tom that was like, you're ranked, like you're going to be put in the rankings this week. And I just remember, like, I just stared at my phone for a minute (laughs) and I like looked up at, at my team and I was like, I'm getting ranked. And I started like crying my eyes out. Like I was just so excited because that was awesome. That was such a huge accomplishment. And, uh, you know, everybody was so excited for me and it was just, it was a great night. It was so such a good feeling. That's awesome. When, when it like all kind of settled, did you feel like there was more pressure now? Um, I didn't really felt feel pressure. I felt like excited because it was like, okay, now I get to compete against like, you know, people I've admired for a long time. Like to think I'm even in the same like rankings. I think when I got ranked, I was in the same rankings as, um, I think it was like Bia was one. And then I think like Raquel Canuto was like three. I think Anna Carolina Vieira was two. And I was just like in disbelief almost. I was like, wow, I think I'm even in like the same category as like, (laughs) a few of these girls that I've like watched for years and like admired is crazy to me. But, you know, I was like, now I get to prove myself, you know, now it's like the hard work is paying off, but I got to keep it going and, um, you know, eventually get matches against people like this. And it's, it's so exciting to me that I'm like at that point now to where I do get, you know, do get to compete against the best. And I like having eyes on me. I think it's, I think it's fun to have eyes on me. So <laughs> that's <know>. awesome. <laughs> Do you, can you say anything about your match that's coming up in a, in a couple of weeks? Um, I don't know who it's against yet. Um, okay. I think it will probably be for a title um, because I was, you know, the fight to win purple belt champion. And I never, uh, I haven't really had a fight to win match since that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I should get an automatic title shot for Brown belt. I'm not really sure who it'll be against. Um, but I know Seth will, will give me somebody good and, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back into that rule set. It's been, it's been a couple of years, so I'm definitely excited to compete in under a sub only rule set like that again. And, um, you know, be back on that stage. Was So your, your fight to win championship, that was the last fight to win event that you did. Yeah, I did. Um, it was right before I moved out to train with Tom. Um, it was in like July of 20 yeah july of 2020 um and it was like a couple of weeks after i came out to new jersey for the first time and uh, i beat emily fernandez who's going to be on mm-hmm. number one in a couple of weeks i beat her for the title um and i hadn't really gotten i haven't really competed in a fight to win since so i'm really excited to get back at it and, and now you're a brown belt correct yes how did that feel going from purple to brown belt that was really exciting um i think the biggest thing for me was like now I get to compete under, you know, 
the the new IBJJF rules, which I was super excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now that I can reap and do leg locks, I think that changes the game a lot. Um, yeah. I feel like IBJJF is definitely one of my more dominant rule sets already, just because I do I do focus on position a lot, and I am a very like positionally dominant um, competitor. Um, but being able to add in leg locks and stuff like that is huge. So yeah. I'm super excited to get out there at the worlds and you know compete against compete against all the brown belt girls and you know see see how it goes. So reflecting back, like through your jujitsu journey, what are some of the big things that you've learned between like blue and purple and now purple and brown belt? Like, what are some of those major milestones that you think you can reflect back on and say like, okay, that that's really the big highlight that I either learned or that. I remember kind of taken away from blue belt or purple belt. Um, I think blue belt was kind of like, I was just still getting into jujitsu, you know, like I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm competing. Um, I'm having a good time, but I think that was more of like trying to think of the right words to describe it. I think my, I think blue belt was just a lot less serious for me. Um, I think blue belt was just kind of like being able to, you know, go to jujitsu, show up, compete at Blue Belt, um, you know, do well on a local level, stuff like that. Um, but things didn't really get serious for me until I was a purple belt. And, you know, I, I got my purple belt like right after I graduated high school too. So it was kind of like perfect timing. Like I was able to start taking things a little bit more seriously and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and really start focusing on my jujitsu goals from there. I think purple belt was Purple belt was really the belt where I found like a very strong love for jujitsu. You know, I always really liked it at brown belt or at uh, blue belt and stuff like that. Um, And clearly I, you know, I love martial arts because I've been doing it for so long, but um, I think once things started clicking a lot more and I competed a lot more and stuff like that, I think, you know, the love for jujitsu just grew Mm. and it, you know, it's, I think jujitsu has taken me to some really cool places. And so I think, you know, purple belt was, mostly about just really finding a love for it in like different ways than just training, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm just excited to see where Brown Belt takes. <laughs> what are some of your current goals uh, for jujitsu? Right now I'm really focusing on the Nogi worlds. My goal is to double gold at Nogi worlds um, at Brown Belt. And I'm really excited about that because, you know, like I said, I do really love that fight to win or uh, IBJJF rule set. I love a lot. And I had a really good time at the Worlds last year. So that's that's my main goal right now. Um, And then obviously the trials, you know, next year is what I'm really looking forward to both both East and West Coast. I'm looking forward to a lot. Um, Obviously, West Coast for the women is more important because Mm -hmm. I can qualify for that. Um, But I'm really looking forward to testing myself against those bigger girls um, and just kind of seeing, seeing how things go for sure. Um, but I definitely want to win the, the West coast trials for sure. And a dominant fashion, of course. <laughs> um, so those are, those are my two main goals right now. And then, um, you know, eventually once I get my black belt, I want to do well in black belt immediately. You know, I want to go in there and I want to, I want to really show the world, like I deserve to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. What did you, looking back at your, uh, your West coast trials, um, experience this year, what are some things that you walked away really either telling yourself, I need to work on this or mentally, I just need to like change these things. Um, I think 
there was a few things I walked away from uh, with the with the trials. I think one thing that I really walked away from walked away with was like some self belief. I mean, I've always really strongly believed in myself, but I think it was really nice to be able to look at myself and say, you know, I did well in that division. I, you know, I competed against, you know, a big girl for sure. And I, I can well against her. Um, you know, I had a really good match with Helena Krivar and, you know, I think I walked away with a lot of knowledge about if I could go back and do that match again, I know how I would approach it and I know how I would beat her next time. But I think a lot of it was just mentally like, okay, like I know I can hang here and I know I belong here. And so I think that was like the biggest thing, but of course I walked away with, you know, adjustments technically that I need to make and uh, stuff like that. And I know exactly what mistakes I did and what matches and how to fix those. And I have fixed all of them since <laughs> <laughs> I was back in the gym as soon as I got home and they were fixed, you know, within a couple weeks. <laughs> what are, what are some examples? I think one of the main things I can say is, you know, with Helena, um, the way I was passing her guard just wasn't the right. I mean, I did okay, but um, I could have done a lot better with passing her guard, specifically with controlling her legs and stuff like that, that I just wasn't mm-hmm. doing as well. Um, I started off strong, but I eventually kind of strayed from that. And I know now how to control legs a lot better when I'm passing. Um, I know when to use certain passes versus when to not. You know, I think I could have passed her guard a lot smoother than I did. Um, or that I was trying to at least. And now I know how to approach a guard like that. And especially with like what I said, you know, a while ago with um, working on passing people's guards who are just really flexible, like Helena is just super flexible. Yeah, um, so I've been working a lot on how to pass flexible guards. And I feel a lot more confident with that. And I think over the course of another year, um, making adjustments, um, you know, working on, working on everything, getting stronger. Um, I'm going to be able to go in there and really make a, make, make a point, you know? Yeah. How, how do you balance like your training as far as like your top game versus your bottom game? Um, so one thing Tom told me, like when I first started coming to the gym was if you focus on your bottom game, your top game is going to automatically better be better. He said, I don't really know why, but that just kind of seems to be the general trend is if you work on your guard, your top game is going to get that much better. Um, but it's not the other way around. So if you focus so much on your top game, your bottom game is not going to be as well, uh, as good. So I generally do do a little bit more bottom game than top game. And also I like to just get really comfortable with, with my reversals and that kind of thing. Um, I am really good with knowing how to use my pressure and knowing where to put my pressure But I think, um, you know, I definitely work a lot more on bottom game and reversals and, um, and stuff like that. I generally play a lot of guard and I really have, I have a lot of fun playing guard and like transitioning from different guards, um, you know, half guard, butterfly guard, butterfly half X, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I work on both pretty strongly, but definitely. That's interesting. I've never heard that, but. I might have to take that to heart. (laughs) I I hate playing guard. Um, I just feel like my body size isn't conducive to guard, but I feel like everybody says that. (laughs) And that's just an excuse to not have to play guard. Do you feel like working, I'm I'm sure you do, but do you work a lot of takedowns or do you feel like at like Brown Bell or at the highest level, like you're just going to assume that somebody's going to pull guard? 
Um, yeah, we do work a pretty decent amount of takedowns like every day, you know, our warmups definitely include a decent amount of takedowns and stuff like that. Um, but I'm also prepared for people to pull and I'm also prepared to pull just depending on the game plan and stuff like that, because certain people I'm not going to want to wrestle with. And that's just how it is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) however, if it's, you know, the finals at ADCC, then we have to be ready to, to wrestle. And, um, you know, I'm confident enough in my wrestling to where I'm, you know, I'm good with standing up, but, um, you know, there are a lot of times when I'd rather pull. So I feel, uh, I feel confident either way though. Do you still do like any, any training as far as wrestling goes? Um, not really any wrestling, you know, specific training, but you know, we work takedowns and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that's enough for me to, to feel like my wrestling game is solid. Mm -hmm. I feel like the problem a lot of the times with like doing wrestling specific training is that people that are teaching specifically wrestling don't understand how to like balance that with jujitsu, I guess. And so a lot of the times they'll teach things like keeping your head to the outside and stuff like that when that's not conducive for jujitsu. And it's just going to create a lot of bad habits. So I would rather do things, you know, specifically jujitsu conducive um, rather than, you know, do wrestling classes, but create bad habits for myself. No. Yeah. That's a great point. What is your like strength and conditioning? What is that? What is that kind of focusing on? Is that Um, more injury prevention or kind of mobility or just general strength? It's a really good mix of everything. Um, One thing I really love about my strength and conditioning program with my coach, George, is that George is able to, when he comes in and, you know, we, we work, um, some days it is a little bit more mobility heavy and recovery heavy. And some days it is a little bit more like, all right, let's lift, let's grind today. Um, and he's able to just kind of tell that based on how I'm moving, based on how my body's feeling. Um, and so the last few weeks specifically, it's been a little bit more like mobility and recovery, um, because I had to pull out of the nogi pans with my knee injury. Um, and so it's been a lot of like, you know, let's rehab it, let's get it back to normal. Um, while also still, you know, doing strength stuff with the upper body while we're still doing variations of different things. So I'm, I may not be able to do, you know, my normal deadlifts that I was doing, um, you know, a few weeks ago, but I'm able to do variations of deadlifts that don't bother my knee, but are still, you know, helping me maintain my strength, which is nice. Um, and then conditioning wise, it's a lot of Versa climber. Um, I hate that thing (laughs) so much. (laughs) Um, and I spend a pretty decent amount of time on it depending on sometimes Tom will just give me like, he'll just tell me after class, Hey, go to the verse climber. Um, (laughs) and George will generally give me like specific dates or days and times of when to do the verse climber and for how long. And, um, George monitors heart rate and stuff like that. And we'll just tell me do it until you get to 90% and then stop and don't do it again until you get to 60 and then do cycles of it. Um, and so that's kind of how my conditioning is working with George a lot. Tom sometimes will just be like, go do 15 minutes on the verse climber. And so I sit there and bang it out for 15 minutes and it's awful and I hate it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it I'm, sure that's, I'm sure that's the first thing you want to hear after class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that's brutal. What, what happened with your knee? Um, so I was trying to knee slice pass and then I just, 
I backstepped in a weird way and I did some uh, dumb things and I got into a scramble um, and my knee ended up popping pretty loud a few times. Um, and so, you know, it was a lot of rehabbing it, trying to get it ready for the pans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was back to training pretty decent, but I just didn't feel, I didn't feel hundred percent yet. There was a lot of things that I was still having issues with that, um, I didn't really feel comfortable doing. And at that point in time, it just wasn't worth risking further injury before the worlds. Um, since the worlds is our main goal. Um, and so we just decided, let's just play it safe. Let's just pull me for this. Um, and that way I can be a hundred percent for the worlds and be ready to go. That's good. How's it feeling now? It's feeling pretty good. I'm pretty much back to a hundred percent at this point. Um, oh, that's awesome. yeah, things are going really smooth. So I'm excited just up from nice. here. <laughs> so, so now that you're in Jersey, like what, what do you like to do outside of jujitsu and training and, you know, in the city or whatever? Um, you know, I would say my main thing that I like to do if I'm not training is hanging out with my team. Um, yeah. we have a pretty tight knit group of, of people that, um, you know, the goon squad is what we call ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and they're, you know, they're my best friends. And so if I'm not on the mat with them, I'm normally, normally with them or hanging out with them. Um, if I'm not with them, I, you know, I like to hang out with my pets, stuff like that. I like to just spend time at home. If I'm like not at the gym, you know, I'm super close to the beach. I'm only like 25 minutes from the beach. So in the summertime and on the nice days, you know, I do like to go to the beach and, um, spend time there. Um, I love going to like concerts and stuff like that. So, you know, anytime there's a good concert, I'm always there. <laughs> what, what's a good concert? Um, I'm, I really like country music. Okay. So, uh, you know, specifically like Morgan Wallen is always a great one. Um, Luke Combs or something like that. Combs, yes, I'm going to Luke Combs next. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I have tickets. I'm going to go to. Uh, I'm going to go see him in Nashville for my birthday because he's performing there for my birthday. Oh wow! Um, and I have tickets to see him in Philly too. So. Oh okay, nice. Yeah. Have you been? In, have you been to Nashville before? No, I'm super excited though. My mom just went a couple of weeks ago, and she came back, and she's like, "Jaden, I'm taking you to Nashville." <laughs> <laughs> like, why didn't you invite me this time? <laughs> Is it tough for you being away from family, like be, being separated or do, um, you get to, do you get to go back and visit them pretty often? It's not too hard. My mom ended up following me out here like a year after I moved out here. So that's oh, okay. nice. So I, I do live with her now. Okay. Um, we have a cute little house and I really like it. Um, you know, my mom's one of my best friends, so it's, it's great living with her. And then, you know, my dad, my dad travels a lot. My dad's just kind of out and about just, you know, doing his thing. So you know, it's, it works out pretty well, I think. And, um, you know, my grandparents are still, actually, I think my grandparents just moved to like Arkansas. So, you know, now we're all kind of split up and all all over the place. Um, but you know, I'm, it's not too bad. I go back, you know, a decent amount to visit, um, you know, at least a couple of times a year to go see my family. And it was very tough at first, you know, it was, it was hard. Yeah. Um, you know, picking up and moving like that and then, you know, leaving all of your friends, all of your family and just like mm-hmm. getting up and leaving with, you know, somebody you've been friends with for a month is very scary. Oh, you only knew Cam for like a month before? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was only like really friends with him for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true friend right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's um, cool though. That's awesome. But yeah, the longer, you know, the longer we've been out here, the the better it's been. And, you know, we've made, made some great friendships and, um, you know, I'd honestly say like, this was the best thing I've ever done, not only for my jujitsu career, but for like me as a person, you know, I've, since I've moved out to Jersey, I've grown a lot more as a person than I think I ever would have in Colorado and like my little bubble that I'm used to and that I'm comfortable mm-hmm. in. Um, and so I think, you know, really getting out there and doing this, even though it was scary, it was the most, you know, amazing thing I've ever done. Yeah. I feel like those are the experiences that you're really going to look back on and be like, holy shit. Like, I'm glad I did that because I learned so much. Absolutely. And I've I've made friends that I never would have thought I would have friends that were, you know, as incredible as, you know, some of these guys are. And, um, the support system I've, I've had here is, you know, I feel it so strongly. And I think I'm really lucky to have a team that, um, so little, there's no jealousy. There's no ego. It's just like, everyone's just genuinely happy for each other and everyone wants each other to succeed so bad. And it's just such a good environment. And I feel like it's just so easy to thrive off of something like that. So I'm, uh, I'm really, really grateful that I, I did this. That's awesome. And you're pursuing your passion too, which I think is like the most important thing because a lot of people are afraid to do that. Absolutely. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you two final questions. First question is, what is your most embarrassing jujitsu moment? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I, like I said earlier, I worked for Fight to Win for a long time. Um, I worked and they produced, um, you know, they produce ADCC and stuff like that. And so I was a part of the crew when they were working um, ADCC in 2019 and Leading up to that, I had had the biggest crush on Nikki Ryan for like a couple years. Like I just loved Nikki so much. And <laughs> I I also have the biggest crush on Nikki Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I was so excited because I was like, oh my God, like I'm gonna be around Nikki Ryan. Like this is my opportunity to shoot my shot. And like I told the fight to win crew, I was like, you guys, I need help. Like, I want <laughs> I want to make my move this weekend. Like, <laughs> and they were like, all right, we'll help you. Like, everyone was all on board. It was great. It was great, right? And the day before, let's see. Yeah, so the day before ADCC, the day of the bracket release, I remember I was in the back, like, training. Um, I was helping DJ Jackson, like, get, like, a sweat in, helping him cut weight or whatever. And uh, the the death squad was all training right next to me, you know? So it was, like, Gordon and Nikki and Nikki Ross and Craig. And, yeah, it was, like, Dan here and everybody was, like, right there. And it, I was so, like, so starstruck. I was, like, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. And right as I was leaving the room, I was like, bye, DJ. Thanks for the role. And me and Nikki, like, made eye contact at the same time. So I was like, okay, like, I know you, you know I exist now. (laughs) So that night, I remember I saw Nikki and Dan here walk into this, like, into the room together and go up into their seats for the bracket release. And uh, I left the room for a minute. And then when I came back, like, you know how, like, you watched ADCC, right? Mm Mm-hmm the video wall and then there were like the flags on both sides. 
Okay. I remember I walked through the the flags and right when I did, like Nikki hit Dan here's arm and pointed at me. So I was like, Oh, you know, like he's, he's eyeing me. Like this is going to go so well. (laughs) And So that whole time, like during the rules meeting and during the bracket release, I was just like sitting there brainstorming. I'm like, I'm going to walk up to him. I'm going to say, I'm going to be super smooth. I'm going to be like, you know, you looked really good when you were rolling earlier. <laughs> Watch you perform tomorrow. Like, you know, I think you're going to do really well. And then I was going to smoothly be like, hi, I'm Jaden. Like, <laughs> it was going to be perfect. And so I see him after the bracket released me standing there alone. And so I'm like, this is my opportunity to go shoot my shot. So I walk up to him and it's, my heart was just pounding. And I walk up and I look at him. And I like just stare at him because I completely blanked, forgot everything I was going to say. And I'm like, hi, I'm Jim. (laughs) (laughs) We had this like super awkward conversation and he was just like, hi, I'm Mickey. And then we, I was like, you know, you're, you're going to do great tomorrow. I'm so excited. And And he's like, yeah, me too. Then he's like, I'm going to go eat. I'm hungry. And I was like, okay, bye. And he's like, bye. So then he goes away and I don't see him again. The next day he competes, you know, things don't go his way. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, what if I don't see him tomorrow? Like I was kind of banking on him winning the first day. I was going to not say anything to him the first day. And then second day I was going to like shoot my shot. And so I was like, oh my God, like, what if I don't see him tomorrow? Like, there's no guarantee that he's going to be here tomorrow. So I have to shoot my shot today. So I'm like looking for him all day in the venue. I can't find him anywhere. And then I end up seeing him like right as I was about to leave. And I was walking with one of my friends and he walks up to, I'm like, Oh my God, it's Nikki. It's Nikki. And he's like, come on, Jay, we're going to go talk to Nikki. And so like, he goes up to Nikki and he starts having a conversation with him. Like everything's fine. And he told me he was going to like be my wingman. So I was like kind of banking on him to like, be like, Oh, you know, have you guys met or like, you know, yeah. and then he's just like, okay, cool. Well, I'll see you later. And then he just like walks his own direction. So I'm awkwardly just like standing there staring at Nikki, just like <laughs> super uncomfortable. And we just kind of like nodded at each other. And I, just like kind of do this awkward little like wave. And then I turn around and I start walking away and I get probably like a good 10 feet away from him. And I got this like burst of confidence out of nowhere because I'm like, you know what, what if I don't see him tomorrow? Like I just got to do this. So I turn around and I'm like, Hey, you know, if you're not doing anything later, like you should hit me up. (laughs) And he's like, okay, cool. And I'm like, cool. And then I looked around and I'm like, what do I do now? And then I'm like, find me on Instagram. <laughs> did you really snap your fingers like that? <laughs> I did the snap. I did the finger guns. I was like, find me on Instagram. And I turned around and I walked away. Oh. And he never found me on Instagram. He never found you on Instagram. He never found me on Instagram. <laughs> Maybe he's still looking. You know, there, there, there's that, right? <laughs> there is. So I got it. I got a tattoo because it was literally the most like embarrassing day of my life. So I have a finger guns tattoo. Oh my God. That's classic. And yeah, it was, you know, that was by far the most embarrassing moment in my, my jujitsu career. The other one was pretty like the other one doesn't really 
isn't nearly as close, but one time I was working a fight to win event and I was looking down, like writing, you know, writing names or something on the, on the ticket list. Cause I was, I was in charge of doing the tickets and the girl I was working with was like, Hey Jaden, get him a bracelet. And I was like, okay, cool. What's your name? And I looked up and it was Lucas Barbosa. And I'm like, I just <laughs> asked Lucas Barbosa what his name was. <laughs> I'm sure he was a sweetheart about it. Oh, he thought it was hilarious. So those were probably my my two most embarrassing stories. Oh, that's <laughs> I think that that's definitely that's definitely number one on this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so with that, what's your most memorable jujitsu moment? Um, I've had a lot of really really memorable jujitsu moments, and I would honestly have to say though the most memorable was me winning the worlds last year. Um, I think it was just so much had come to fruition at that point. Like I'd wanted to win the worlds for so long and to finally have that happen to me was huge. Um, you know, I worked so hard leading into that camp and it was, you know, it was definitely like one of the best days of my life for sure. I remember just like, you know, I performed so well. I performed so great. Me and Tom were on such a such a similar wavelength that day. He was able to, my mom describes it as she's like, it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen because he would say something to you and you would like do it before he was even finishing saying it. Like um, we were just on such a, such the same wavelength. And, you know, my final match, I just remember like, remember winning and just crying and just being like, so overwhelmed with like happiness and, um, I ran to Tom like as soon as I won and like I jumped and gave him like the biggest hug and it was just, it was such a good day, you know, and um, flow grappling that day was actually following Tom around and they were doing like a a video about him coaching his students that day. Yeah. And so it's really cool because then, you know, they ended up turning it into a whole video about me, me and Tom. And uh, the fact that like flow grappling was able to capture that and, you know, actually like, I have such good footage of like a day like that. That's so like important to me already. And they were able to capture it and turn it into like a really good video just meant so much to me. That's awesome. That's super cool. And that's cool that you found that relationship with a coach and a team for that matter Absolutely, uh, out there in Jersey. So do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and give a shout out to your sponsors and everybody that's helped support your journey thus far? Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is Jaden underscore Mueller. Um, and my, um, I just want to say thank you to my sponsors, Robles, um, for always giving me like great gear and stuff like that. They make the best custom rash guards and geese. Um, and so if you're in the market for something like that, definitely hit them up They're They're amazing. And thank you to eat clean bro for, um, you know, giving me so much food and helping me stay healthy. Um, and yeah, thank you to thank you to Tom and thank you to my amazing team at OCBJJ because I couldn't do it without you guys. And yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jaden. This has been awesome. Thank you for the hilarious stories. And <laughs> uh, it's been great learning about your journey. And I'm excited to continue watching you. Such a huge fan and good luck in a couple weeks on Fight to Win. Thank you so much. At Nogi Worlds too. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pressure Pass podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please go out and subscribe to your preferred platform. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram under the tag at Pressure Pass Podcast. 
finally, I'm always looking for ways to improve the content. If you would like to provide feedback or a review, please reach out directly through social media or provide a review through your preferred podcast player. Thank you again for listening.